everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we are revisiting the 1980-something film Aliens, starring Sigourney Weaver, Newt, and uh, directed by James Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) Sigourney Weaver, that child actor, and the director. Carrie Henn. This is a film that Devin has never seen. This is a film that Ryan has already made me do for the podcast, but we're doing it again. <laughs> do it so again. I'm here. Honestly, what I should have done is just had you two do the show on Tuesday and just not worry about it. Like, cause and I we already, just chatted because you've already said your opinion. Yeah, I already said my opinion. I actually have but, that episode up because I was curious about what else we talked about. Uh, I didn't listen but to But I want to hear what your but opinion is. the description is, is uh, Ryan has Alan watch Aliens for the first time and gives his thoughts. Plus, Ryan reviews the latest in the Alien franchise, Alien Covenant. And mm-hmm. Alan tells oh. the tale of a time he was tricked into going to the movies. <laughs> also, Wait, how did you get tricked into going to the movies? I guess I've got to tell that story again. Uh, you better. Also, Ryan shares his hatred for the Nanny, Mc, for Nanny McPhee for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I went into a rant that episode about what Nanny McPhee. What was happening right. with Nanny McPhee? I don't know. I feel like she is a ripoff of Mary Poppins, and I absolutely hated the trailers because I hated the character because the makeup was horrible. Yeah, but I think that's the point, right? Like, I don't that's... care. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, so the <laughs> the story of when I was tricked into going to the movies was, uh, I was in college. We had a evening class, and somebody who had a car was like, "Hey, we should all go to get dinner at, like TGI Fridays." So they drove us all to TGI Fridays, and then hey. we're at TGI Fridays, and like, oh, by the way, we should. There's this movie called Piranha 3D that I kind of want to go see. <laughs> Would you guys be interested? And because they drove, we kind of are like, yeah, okay. Sure. And it was a good time. It was still Piranha 3D, though. So. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't somebody like pretty, pretty good involved in Piranha 3D, though? The Piranhas? No, there was Piranha? like a like a the director's like pretty good. James right? Cam- well, I think the reason it came up on that last ep- the last time we did Aliens is because James Cameron directed one of the ones in the eighties or yeah. the seventies. He directed one maybe of the that's what ones. I was thinking of then. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I don't know anybody in this. No, movie. the okay. uh, two thousand and ten Piranha three D is not known as a classic. Wait, but it's Christopher Lloyd and Richard Dreyfuss in it? See, this is why I don't look at who's in movies and determine if it's good or not because of this. Because, Devin, you'd be like, oh, these two are in this? I'm going to go see this. This is going to be good. Devin, you just listed the best parts of that movie. I'm sure. I mean, and I'm sure they're just sight gags. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I would tell you what the Richard Dreyfuss thing is, but I kind of want you to look it up on YouTube after this. Okay, I will. If I told you, you'd be like, that's not, that's not what it is. But you just need to go in and watch it. <laughs> I'm going to have to then. Um, because you'll get that reference. I will! Uh-huh. It's probably now. a Jaws thing. It has to be a Jaws thing. Oh, it's, it's, defi- it's, not... it's definitely not him sitting in the middle of a lake in a boat singing Show Me the Way to Go Home while he's fishing and then gets eaten by piranhas. That's definitely not what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I love that. I hope that's what it is. It's okay, not now I need to potatoes. see this movie. I that, need to see this movie now. It's the, that's the opening scene of the movie. <laughs> he makes a piranha out of mashed potatoes. And, and then, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Aliens... Was Ryan's pick, so Ryan, I'm gonna let you uh, take point on this. So take it away. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's see. You you mentioned Sigourney Weaver, Newt, and the director uh, James Cameron. Now, also who's in it? One of my favorite actors, Bill Paxton, is in this. And this was the first movie that I was like, now I know who Bill Paxton is when I was younger. Um, but anyway, besides that, the movie came out in 1987. The director's cut came out in 1991. Uh, most people aren't aware that the version of the movie that they know is the director's cut, since that one gets the most play since they released that one. Um, what are the differences, if you don't okay. mind? Because I don't actually okay. know what version I watch now. Okay, so did uh, so when they were doing the sweep of the compound when the Marines yes. were there, did they or did they not go into a room with a hamster? I think there was a room with a hamster. I think. Okay, you saw the director's cut. 
Okay, good. Okay, that makes me happy. Okay, so yeah, I remember that. Okay, so like I said, the, uh, the version that a lot of people know nowadays is the director's cut, which I am happy about because it's the better version of it. Um, now, Devin, being that this is your first time seeing it, uh, it was what three years ago, Alan, that we did this episode. The episode was released on June twenty ninth, two thousand seventeen. Okay, so oh, wow. a while ago. Um, yes. <laughs> so I'm going to hold off on Alan for a second, but Devin. What did you think, especially after seeing the first one? Well, here's the thing. I I knew a little bit of what I was getting into with this one because I knew that this one was a whole... It wasn't as horror as the first one. I know, like, Alien 1 is a horror movie. I know that Alien 2 is an action movie. Yes. And I went into it expecting it to be an action movie, and I really liked it. I, I think that there were a couple of silly decisions people made just for the sake of action movie tropes. <laughs> uh, and I'll ask about a couple of them. Okay. But I think that in general, I thought it was a really good movie, and I think that like, I think it's hard to take a horror movie like Alien and expand on it and make it a successful other horror movie. Yeah, I think this was the only way that it could have gone and and have been as successful. I think. Okay. And the um, little kid didn't annoy me. That was nice too. Newt was yeah, great. Yeah, Newt. Newt is great in this. Uh, now, Alan. Yes. Did your opinion change at all? I don't remember what my opinion was before. Um, so what is your opinion? <laughs> I I enjoyed it. it. It was nice. I remember the last time we did this, back in 2017, I hadn't seen the original Alien for a while. So I was going into this kind of blind. But since we just did Alien like two months ago, mm-hmm. that was still kind of fresh in my mind. So I was able to appreciate it a little bit more. Um. Especially with like all the callbacks at the beginning, where she's talking about what happened to them, and yeah, um, I still enjoy it. It's a, it's a fun action movie. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, I guess we will dive into the differences between the theatrical cut and uh, the director's cut. Uh, yes, since Devin, please. you seem to be really interested in that. So, yeah, I'm only going to hit a few of the points. There's like 12 differences, believe it or not. Um, but I'm not going to dive into all of them. So, uh, one of the big ones is, well, two of the big ones for me is the boardroom scene where they're doing her like corporate investigation about what happened to her cargo ship. And then the second one is, uh, the room, uh, is the, uh, scene where the corp, the, uh, the yes man, I forget the actor's name. Uh, mm-hmm. the one that drags her to go along. Paul Reiser. Yeah, yeah Call Reiser. Paul. Paul he, Reiser. Paul. Paul Reiser. Thank you. Um, Paul shows up with that, you know, Marine and convinces her to, you know, try to come along. And they show mm-hmm. her, you know, apartment is kind of like, you know, like she's not really keeping stuff clean. Like she's yeah. just kind of like using it as kind of just like, I, okay, I guess I'm existing. Um, yeah. The boardroom is longer uh, compared to the theatrical cut, uh, they go over a bit more about what happened in the first one. They mm-hmm. make it more of a fact finding than a than accusatory. If you watch the theatrical version, it kind of comes off that Whalen Corp is like, "Well, why did you do this? We don't believe you. You destroyed this ship. It cost you know so much money. We're taking yeah. your license away." And then, you know, the, the one of my favorite lines is when uh, Ripley uh, says, did I accuse drop suddenly when I was away? Because that one <laughs> woman, you know, like said yeah. something like that is the only accusatory part of that boardroom scene mm-hmm. in the version that you guys saw compared to in the theatrical cut they kind of make all of the questions more pointed and her more defensive. No, I, I, I watched Weird. the theatrical cut. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, good. Oh, did so, you? So yeah. we've got that. So, Oh, I think I watched it yeah. on IMDb TV, whatever they had. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, so I like that difference because I liked the boardroom scene a lot, especially for what it did, because I, for some reason, it's really like the idea of like a spaceship company, like just needing to like retain its assets. Yeah. And like that that plot line comes up a couple times in the movie too. Like this, you know, the stuff here is too valuable for us to do anything bad with. Like and I think that it was interesting it was more of a fact finding thing. And I think if it was accusatory, it would have made me more mad about 
about their role in all of it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it was, was, it was one of those things where you, you could see where James Cameron wanted it to go, as in they're, they're just, you know, t- making sure their assets are accounted for, where compared into the one that Alan possibly saw, it was more like, this is your fault. <laughs> Why did you do this? We don't believe you. Um, yeah, is that. how it kind of comes across. So, I mean, either way, it's corporate sleaze. Right, right. Just which flavor of corporate sleaze are you getting? Exactly. Um, Alan, do, do you remember how you felt during that scene or how you felt about them talking I, to her? I just think, it, like, the whole thing with them accusing her of, like, not believing anything she has to say. Like, why else would she be stranded in the the ship for 50 years after the fact like if she wanted to just destroy the ship she would have just destroyed the ship and then come home it it was not nothing she did on paper looks like it was done willingly at least it shouldn't be yeah like it shouldn't look like espionage or sabotage or anything like that it should just look like something happened here we need to get to the bottom of this why Mm -hmm. why did you do this not like you did this blah 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 like yeah yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that's an interesting way to look at it, though, especially because, like, you can tell, I think even in the version that I watched, the the director's cut, like, they didn't really believe about the alien part. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just very much like, all right, like, I guess this is how we're going to close the case now. Yeah, and especially you could tell that they had their minds already made up when uh, that one board member said... You know, it's like there are no um, terrestrial organisms on the, you know, three, you know, we've, we've surveyed 300 worlds. There are, there's no organism that looks like this. We've had people on this planet. There are no, you know, terrestrial organisms. And then that's when Ripley says, "Um, is anybody listening to me? Did IQs drop suddenly when I was away? And then the woman cuts her off and says, well, these are your words. So yeah. she didn't care what the facts were. They were going to blame her for what happened and not, mm-hmm. you know, like right into the paperwork. Oh, there is an unknown organism that attacked our crew. Now we have to watch out for every single outpost we have in the galaxy. Well, much. and I like that because like, you know, thinking about it, it increases spending for them and it increases inherent risk in the, you know, what they'll have to pay the crews. And I just, I don't know why I love the idea of space travel being a legitimate business that they have to earn money on. But yeah. I feel like space travel and a lot of other sci-fi is literally just like, whatever, spend all the money. It's, it's <laughs> space and the journey and exploration is worth the cost. Spare yeah. no expense. Exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. love that like the Whaling Yatani Corps is like, no, we're turning a profit here. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that I love this universe, this movie universe with Alien and Predators, because yeah. the Whalen Corporation is a corporation, and they have to yeah. turn a profit. And that's why you have a lot of characters in some of the movies talking about profit and loss and yeah. all this other stuff. Um, now, the other scene of importance uh, that was extended uh, is when he, he shows up to try to get her to go along, Um in the original version, it's real short. It's like, hey, do you want to come along? She says no, and then they have a little spat, and he leaves his card, and she leaves. Mm-hmm. In the extended cut, there's a bit more conversation, because okay. she offers them something to drink. And in the theatrical cut, they don't really set up her feelings towards him, that she thinks he's a sleaze, right away. I mean... If you know movies and you know how characters develop, you're going to know that he's a sleaze, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but if you don't, in the theatrical cut, I mean, in the special edition cut, they extend to where she gives him like a three-second solid side glance after he says, oh, no, this <laughs> yeah. is just to, you know, go. And then she's just looking at him, and you can tell that she's like, I don't like this guy. So they definitely... But, but they took that out for the theatrical cut to probably, I don't know, maybe they thought that people would know that he's a sleaze off the bat or that mm-hmm. they wanted his betrayal later in the movie to be more of a shock. I mean, I don't know. Whenever I see a corporate yes man in a movie that was made in the that was made in the 80s, he's he's, he's a, a sleaze. bad guy. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. So 
Um, I know, I know that's a real short scene. So, what, 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 what was your guys' feelings on that? I like it because I like that it makes Ripley perceptive. Because I mean, I watched I watched Alien, right? I don't know much about Ripley as a human being aside from like she was good at her job on the original ship. She survived. She cares about a cat. Like she's a caring person <laughs> and she's a survivor. But I don't know much about her as a person, like, whether she's perceptive of, like, the outside world. And I feel like this did a good job of showing us, like, okay, she she can read humans as well as she can read, like, a hallway filled with aliens. Like, yeah. I don't know, it makes her, like, a, a re- more of a, a real, like, realistic, rounded character, I think. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, Paul Reiser, regardless of which version you're watching, you can tell that he's just a sleazebag. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then his character too is uh, no. <laughs> um, in his free time. Yeah. No, I uh like, he's so unlikable from the beginning, especially in the, like that first dream sequence that she has. Like mm-hmm. you can tell that he's just I I, I you just don't trust him. Like he's just mm-hmm. untrustworthy. Yeah. Um I found it interesting. They only call the company the company in this. Like it's not Wayland. Right. They they just say the yeah. company. Well, I feel like that. I feel when it comes to you know the way people talk in slang. Wayland Corporation, or just saying Wayland. If you have like the grunt work, which is you know the cargo freighters, mm-hmm. calling the company the company. I feel like detaches them from the stuff they don't like about their employer. Yeah, that makes sense though. I feel like okay. that's kind of why they do that a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, th- 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 that's something that um, when I was younger and I'd watch other movies and I'd be flipping through the channels and mm-hmm. it would be like, Oh, it's the, the Thursday night movie on, you know, TNT or something. Yeah. And somebody would reference to call something the company. I thought I was watching Aliens. And then 10 <laughs> seconds later, I realized I'm not watching a sci-fi movie, so it's not Aliens. So, like, I, I, you know, I linked the company to the Aliens movies when I was younger before I could, you know, like, watch a second of video and, you know, nail the movie that I like. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Um, it's, in- it's interesting, though. Yeah. And so th- there's other scenes that they expanded in the film. Um, and mm-hmm. I mentioned one that they cut about them finding the hamster, which yeah. is when the Marines are on the surface, they're using the motion detectors and they find motion and he busts into the kid's room and there's a hamster in its yep. cage. Um, and I feel like that was, I feel like the theatrical version, because I watched both versions today. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I watched both versions that today. That makes me happy. And I really don't like the fact that they cut that specific scene from the theatrical version because it releases it you're from the moment they land or drop from the ship it's it it's you know, stressful anxiety all the way down they get to the compound they're doing their searching and there's no let up there's no humor in it to kind right. of like you know help you catch your breath that hamster scene does because they're all nervous and panicky and bust into the room with their guns and it's just a hamster on its wheel yeah (laughs) um but there were uh there are two deleted scenes one at the beginning where Mm -hmm. they actually show the compound the families in the compound so what they do is after the boardroom scene Mm -hmm. Um, and then after the scene where Ripley tell it, it this is another deleted scene, mm-hmm. Ripley goes into a monologue about her daughter. Really? And he, um, the sleaze shows her a picture of her because he found her. And yeah. they have this conversation about how, like, she promised her daughter she'd be home for her 11th birthday. And yeah. Ripley got back, like, two years after she died of, like, right. uh, of age-related complications so there's that whole scene that they cut which again character development kind of shows you more about who she is Mm -hmm. um but then they cut to where um they haven't they cut back to the uh outpost Mm -hmm. the guy uh the, the the guy that's running the place calls over somebody else and says hey we gotta you know we haven't heard from this family which is the family at the beginning of the movie 
that yeah. finds a spaceship. We haven't heard from them. We, we need to send somebody out to find them. And they show a kid on a big wheel, a uh, mid-80s big wheel, rolling around a hallway that's under construction and getting yelled at b- b- um, by the construction workers. And it's this whole spat b- 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 between co-workers about, I'm not going to ask why, because it's going to take two weeks to get an answer, and they're going to say, don't ask. So why am I going to ask why we're doing this? You know, like that whole thing? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so I mean, there's that. Do you that feel one I feel like... like didn't need to be in the movie. I feel like that one yeah. I could have like like I understand wanting more time on the ground with the with like the the people in the colony. Yeah. But if you're gonna do that, make it more meaningful because I feel like yeah. I got everything from the colony I needed to with them finding the spaceship. Yeah. I'm a little bit mad about the Sigourney Weaver monologue about her daughter leaving or being cut though. Yeah. Because like, give me more Ripley. I like Ripley a lot. She's why I watched this movie. The Marines were fine. You know, the the androids are fine. The aliens are fine. I'll take Ripley, please. Okay. Um, is that now, is that how you guys feel? Like, is that yeah, no, your I think, favorite part of it? I think that definitely plays into her relationship with Newt later on in the film. And I think mm-hmm. yeah. that character growth should have been there. Uh, that connection uh, should not have been cut. So, I agree with Devin. And that, yeah, I mean, that's the same way I feel about it, too. And the thing with, like, the showing the families on the surface, like, I, I like it simply because they show a kid on a big wheel on a planetary surface that's not Earth way in the sure. future getting yelled at by construction workers. We're, we're rolling down a hole. And that, the only thing I think that scene does is kind of show you, like, when you get to the carnage, when the Marines get there, mm-hmm. it, it kind of shows you how, you know, it shows you what the hallways looked like before, you know, everything like was the contrast. Yeah. But all of the other changes in the film are kind of just nuance. Oh, sure. They're just tiny differences here and there, you know, a few lines given here an extra 10 seconds, you know, mm-hmm. here. So, you know, it's really nothing that big. Uh, but, Staying on Ripley, did you guys, yeah. Devin? Did you catch what her first name is? Because no, if you, I if miss, you did I totally see the it. director's cut, you they Ellen. It's Ellen Ripley. I yeah. rem- no, no, I did, I did catch that. Okay, now Alan, that you said that, it sounds familiar. Did you watch the director's cut the first time we did this? I think I did. did. You? I think I did watch okay. the director's cut the first time. Okay, because it, it's real quick. It's when Hicks. I think the, they exchange first names. I think the first time oh, yeah. I watched this, I borrowed it from you. So whatever you gave it gave it to me on is what I watched. And I think I told you to select the director's cut. Yeah, yeah. When we did it, yeah, well, that's I mean, right. Because yeah. we had this big thing about how I don't like uh, how I don't really like director's cuts because I always go with the first version of the movie that I saw. And I first saw this after 1991 when they released the the the, the, the director's cut. So I saw this first as that. I think I would have been mad if I saw the, the theatrical cut, or at least knowing what I know now, I would have been mad if I saw the theatrical cut because it looks like I I got some good stuff. In yeah, the director's no, cut. Yeah, no, you uh, you definitely did. So, I mean, I, I don't know why th- th- they cut the whole, like, first name thing, mm-hmm. you know, because it, th- that was building a relationship that James Cameron wanted yeah. for her and Hicks going forward in Aliens 3 that he didn't get to be a part of, which we will talk about that when we get to Aliens 3. Okay, good, because I now really want to watch Aliens 3, because I'm... I'm hashtag invested. Uh, so I am glad you brought up Aliens 3. Before we watch it, I'm going to listen to the audio play of the unproduced screenplay that they made. You should. I don't know you what should. that is. Do you, do you know what it's about? I kn- I'm not going to go into details, but there's something that happens at the beginning of Alien 3 that upsets a lot of the fan base. Yes. That the uh, original screenplay did not contain. And is it that they didn't call it Thralians instead of Aliens 3? 
I'm so glad you went with that. We're not going to talk about yeah, this we're not anymore talk because about I want anymore. Devin to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. I'm so happy that was the, the question you asked. Yeah, it was, was a dumb joke. It in, the ori- in the original <laughs> screenplay, Richard Dreyfuss is on a boat fishing. <laughs> in the middle of a lake. Excuse me, a space boat. He's on a space boat. Yeah. Okay. Um, so hold on. Speaking okay. of these three movies, which one is your guys' favorite? Is this your favorite? I was thinking about that like. At the end, when like you know, when like Ripley's chasing down Mama Alien, like <laughs> I was thinking, like, is this their favorite of them? Is this my favorite of them? Okay, so I'm going to give you two answers. Okay. Here, here is my deep pull fandom answer. Yes. I like Alien Four. And I can never, and I can never remember the pronunciation of the word, so I always call it Alien Four. Resurrection. Resurrection. Predi- I think you mean versus Predator. What? That's five. <laughs> that's five. Uh, is that, that really is, five? That that's five. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's five. Um, the reason why I release like, wise, like it gets it gets yeah. really com- confusing with Prometheus, Prometheus and Alien Covenant oh, right. and all of yeah. those. But. Uh, the reason why it's resurrection is because Devin, you know, you said that like the first one's a comedy, the second yeah. one's an action film. Yeah. Here's 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 how it goes. Mm-hmm. Alien is mm-hmm. is horror, yeah. straight up horror. Aliens is an action film. It's an right. '80s action film. Aliens Three is a drama. Interesting. That has elements of the other two in it. Mm-hmm. And Alien Resurrection's a comedy. <laughs> is it? They didn't mean it to be a comedy. It just is a comedy? It just is a comedy. It was a... (laughs) Let me double check on this. Yeah, it was written by Joss Whedon. What? (laughs) And released in... It it was written before... It was written by Buffy the Vampire Slayer era Joss Whedon. Yes, it was. (laughs) Who let that happen? Fox. Um, I don't... Fox. I don't know if I would want that. No, no, no. The, what it is, it's just you put it on, you strap yourself in, and you just let it take you. Good. <laughs> it's I mean, one of to, those kind of movies. To be fair, if we wanted to be reductive about this one, we'd be like, you know, the guy that did Titanic also did an alien movie? And I'd be like, yeah. gross! <laughs> so, like, I get but, it. But my real, my, my, my standard answer... Mm-hmm. For, like, other people, you know, like, not just for myself, but, like, you know, like, based on, like, how the movie actually is, yeah. like, watch watchability, is Aliens 3. Okay, got it. So, I still have some good coming up. Like, I didn't, oh, yeah, you it do. didn't peak here. No, as, as far as I'm concerned, it, it doesn't peak yet. Alan, what do you think? I've all, out of the original Alien franchise, I've only seen one and two. Which one is your favorite, then? Because we're in the same boat now. I'm not a big horror fan, so I'm leaning towards Aliens. Okay. This one. Okay. I, I think I'm leaning towards number one, uh, but I did really like this movie. I think it's not like, like if I, would, I was thinking about Terminator in the context of this too, mm-hmm. I think Terminator 2 is almost in every way better than the first one. Like, I think only like the, the like nuance of like, not nuance, but like the first time of like, Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's a bad guy and he's killing people. <laughs> like, that one's lost in the second one, but fine. It doesn't need it to keep being good. I like the... I like creepy space horror a lot. That might be my, like, weird subgenre I love. And it had it. This definitely had it. And I, I think it was really clever how they added creepy space horror to this. Mm-hmm. But it was just different. Yeah, and that that's something that they expanded on in the director's cut. Yeah. is the studio took it and they cut it to be an action film. Yeah. When James Cameron knew that if he was going to make a sequel to Alien, it needed to have horror elements to go with the action movie he wanted to make. Yeah. De- Devin, and the studio saw it and said, no, no, action film, we're going to cut all of this. Devin, have you ever heard the story about how James Cameron got the job directing this film? No. What happened? So he went... The story goes, James Cameron walked in to a executive meeting with the people at Fox who control Alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this in this boardroom, there is a, a, a board that says Alien on it. Okay. Uh, James Cameron takes a marker, 
adds an S to the end and walks out and got the job. <laughs> didn't he put like the uh, um? Oh, and he made it a dollar sign. Ma- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. He made the S a dollar sign. Did he do one of these with a marker? Did he like do like a mic drop with a marker when he was done? He's not a millennial. He's not a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> he was the first millennial. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. man, that's so funny. Yeah. I believe it. I really do. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so you guys are in the same boat. I'm going to continue writing this out until we've seen every single movie inside this universe. Except, except for Alien vs. Predator. We're not going to do that one. No, I've seen that one. Why not? Yeah. Because if we do that one, we have to do Requiem. Okay. I've never seen Requiem. I've never seen Requiem. I've never seen Requiem either. Fine, I will have you guys suffer with me through that one. But I've, I think we have we all seen Alien vs. Predator. I think we have. I think we all yeah. have. I think we'd skip it. So we can, so we can skip yeah. that one and go right to uh, maybe, we can maybe, go to Requiem. Then. Maybe that'll be one of our live streams that we do with people. Like just everyone. Oh, that would be watch. cool. That would be fun because yeah. believe me, it needs a good roast. <laughs> all I remember from is just the enemy. My enemy is my friend, and I'm like, all right, got it. Stop. Yeah, no, that's that's it's more than that. But I'm not going to get into that. Um. um anyway. Uh. But yeah, so one of the big things about this movie when I was a kid is the Marines. This is what mm-hmm. got me into the film as a kid. What did you guys think of the Space Marines with Bill Paxton? Game <laughs> over, man. Game over. In his really bad blue, like barbed wire necklace tattoo. So I read, I read something that was interesting to me about how they filmed it. They they filmed the whole movie. And then the last thing scene they filmed was the introduction of the Marines, where you, so they oh, all had like this neat. experience of being their characters and going through this whole ordeal together. So they'd have that camaraderie. I really like that dynamic that they really, um, they really felt like a unit and played off each other very well. And I liked the uh, the team aspect of that a lot. Yeah, I mean, it worked because when they get up out of uh, stasis, mm-hmm. they're they're the, the closest thing I can relate to the way they act towards each other is like a high school sports team. Yeah, and that's the imagery I get when they're waking up out of stasis. The way that they're ragging on each other, you know, because I mean, it's a very out of date. Uh, not the best like insult to make but like bill paxton tells the one marine have you ever been confused for a man and she looks back at him and says have you (laughs) it still makes me laugh and it's it's an extremely out-of-date joke you know but i mean at the same time like it's stuff like that that you would get on like a high school football team with people yelling at each other or like a Mm -hmm. baseball team or for me a rifle team like i was on a legit competitive rifle team where we shot against other schools rifle teams in competitive shooting so you know i mean like we would talk like that to each other on the uh uh, on the bus Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i don't know if the marching band was that catty with each other but i I definitely understand (laughs) what you mean uh i think there were times (laughs) we had our moments yeah we definitely uh made fun of each other yeah, I mean, I think that's just what you do in high school. We definitely made fun well, of the football team. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Easy to do. Yeah. I think that's... Ryan, you don't understand, though. Our football team did not... Devin, when did they win a game? Like, We had the second you? longest losing streak in all of Pennsylvania history. Yeah. Our, uh, well, be- our well, chance for... I mean- yeah you're pulling from like, okay. So my high school football team wasn't that good. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think there were two years where we were really, really good. I think we were competing for States one year and then they lost, but like my high school graduating class was just shy of 960 kids. Wow. Um, and the lower grades, which we had four were larger than us. So Mm -hmm. we had that big of a pool whole talent from the high school my wife went to which was the second high school in the school district mm-hmm. um her graduating class had upward of 1500 oh wow 
if not more. I think it was closer to 2,000, I think, at one point. Mm-hmm. So, again, the, cla- the classes under that were bigger than that. Right. They went to states and won states, I think, in like 2008 or 2009, 2007, one of those times. Um, but they had a larger base to pull from for talent. Sure. You guys went to Big Springs, right? Big Springs. My graduating class was 200. Yeah. And yours, Alan? I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say we run 200. I, yeah. That would be why you guys had a football team that had the longest losing streak. Because you guys had practically no talent pool to pull from. And, and you know, and as an adult, <clears throat> I do give a lot of respect or do have a lot of respect for the football team just doing their best every single game. Yes, yeah. they did. And that's so disheartening. Like, and, and, like, especially if you have these, like, shitty band nerds on this side, like, oh, and 10 once again, like, doing stuff like that, like, and still showing up to every game and still putting forth all that effort, like, good for them. Well, that's how the rifle team I was on was. Like, yeah. we, out of 15, 14 matches we did a, a, a year, I think mm-hmm. we only would win one or two a, a, a school year. Oh, wow. So we'd go, like, two wins and... 12 losses because we shoot against other schools that were in the Poconos. Like these kids were hunters or, oh, even, yeah. or, you know, either that they did NRA competitive youth shooting. So they had four or $5,000 rifles that they used for NRA competitions at 500 yards, not 50 feet. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> so to, to pivot really hard back to your question, speaking yeah. of, Two wins and 12 losses, I guess, the Marines in this movie. Um, <laughs> look at that. Uh, I like them a lot. I, I got a little bit of a uh, Starship Troopers vibe from them, and probably oh, yeah. just because Space Marines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I like them. I mean, I, I thought they were fun, and you're right. Like the, They make themselves immediately likable with the whole, like, with their banter, with like the way they interact with each other, and and it does seem like they have this history together, and I love that. I really do. Yeah, but uh, I think it's it, for me as a kid. It started off with their sergeant going, "I love the core." Every every morning's like waking up on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> every every meal is a banquet, and he goes on and on, and that that just I I laugh at that every time because like you've got all of these like. You know, Marines waking up very grog, you know, being very groggy because Uh they've been under stasis. And the first thing he does after he opens up his eyes and looks around is he puts a stogie in his mouth. Well, I think he had it with him. He did. He had it in the stasis chamber. (laughs) So happy. You know, my my favorite thing about that is there's a I'm a board game nerd. I don't know if you knew that about me. They just (laughs) released an Aliens theme board game and it's called Aliens colon Another Glorious Day in the Core. Yes, and no. I just I love that title. Like this, this movie made me understand why that title is so great. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, now, I just want to talk about Bill Paxton here. What did you, What did you guys <laughs> think about his character and how he played it out? I mean, I thought he was fine. I don't. I don't have a lot of feedback for him, unfortunately. <laughs> I liked him in That's Twister. Okay. He was fine <laughs> in Twister. <laughs> I, I like how, uh, like. Uh, on edge he is throughout the whole thing like game over man and like yeah. he's like the first one to be like jumping out of his boots uh, mm-hmm. like, i really like his, his reactions to everything it, 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 to me as an example for that the first thing they show because he's doing the banter thing with mm-hmm. uh you know, with them, but then they get to like breakfast or lunch, dinner, whatever time it is that they woke up out of stasis. Um, they get Bishop to do the thing with the knife. Oh yeah! And then the one guy comes over and forces his hand down, and Bishop does it to him. And it just it shows his character so well that he's so much of a loudmouth and a joker. But as soon as anything goes against him, he starts to panic and cry. And that's exactly what happened because he wants Bishop to do the thing because it's so cool. And he knows Bishop won't miss, but then mm. when it's done to him, he's, you know, his eyes are wide and he's yelling at the top of his lungs. <laughs> yeah, that is a really, I didn't think about that. That's a really effective character introduction. I like that. Yeah, because 
And then, like, after that, like, his hand shaking, and, mm. and uh, I think somebody says something, and then he he looks back up and says, yeah, man, well, it didn't happen to you. <laughs> 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 um, and I, I don't know why. I think it's because he was used for comic relief when I was a kid. Like, mm-hmm. I gravitated towards the Marines when I first saw this movie, and then I gravitated towards his character because he was so much of a loudmouth. Sure. Um, and then it was shortly after I saw Twister. And that's when I made the connection of I, I saw him in Twister. I'm like, oh, he's the guy from Aliens. But he was being a legit person <laughs> <laughs> in um, in Twister. So like th- this was my introduction to him. Uh, and then so my question to you guys is, is there an actor who's not really like an A-list actor um, that had that like you first noticed them on like a side role before you saw them in like a main role? Yeah, that's kind of a really niche niche question. No, no, no. But... I, I absolutely, and I'm I'm looking up his name because I I'm mad I don't know it offhand. Um, because I, I definitely wouldn't say that Bill Paxton was an A list actor because I mean Twister was good, but it didn't make him like Tom Cruise or anything. Oh, where are we here? Mine's a oh, bit. Mine... Of... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Devin. No, you go ahead, Devin. Mine is 112% uh, Phil Hartman. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> Phil Hartman for me is always just this like really funny side character from like Jingle All the Way. And just like, I don't know, he's just, he's so good as, a, as like a side character. He played with Dan Anchorman in uh, Animaniacs too. Yeah. Which like I just love. And then it's just, you know, I, I just like seeing him in. Not to in, mention The Simpsons. Yeah, he's in The Simpsons a lot. Yeah, he's, he's uh, Troy McClure. Troy McClure, oh, yeah. Troy McClure. He he's uh, Lyle Landley. A town with money is a little bit, little bit like a mule with a spinning wheel. Damn if he knows how to use it, and damn if he knows how to, he got it. Um, <laughs> I just yeah, he's one of those people that like I I'll watch, you know I think he's so great, and he I just noticed him from side rolls first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, this is a weird one, but uh, Michael Madsen, Madsen, Mads, okay. Madsen. He was the dad in Free Willy, like the 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 guy who uh, like takes in this kid whose mom abandoned him and was like, "You got to go clean up the graffiti at the whale exhibit." <laughs> and, then, like, year, and, then, and then like year, years later i see reservoir dogs and he's just like dancing around with his gas can and like murdering right. him. <laughs> him. Oh, man. i was like oh okay <laughs> that is an excellent turnaround yeah that he's taking a turn <laughs> yeah that's a just, good call that's yeah. a real good call like I kind of want to take Free Willy and, and like a scene with him and just put stuck in the middle with you over it instead, <laughs> and then do the opposite. What's of our dogs? Put Michael Jackson over that <laughs> when he's cutting the ear off. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! That, Will you be there? That, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah. Sorry, that I'm just imagining that in my head, and that just <laughs> sidetracked me there. I will make okay. it happen. You need to. Know. That's that. Excellent. Um, I really want to see that cut. I really want to see that. So um, Ryan, I had a question yes. for you specifically. Yeah, go you. ahead. I saw. I watched Aliens. Obviously, that's why we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Is this specifically the scene at the end okay i have two questions about the scene at the end right where they run into aliens mom i have three questions where they run into alien mom okay. first question is is this where they made the is this where the the reference to how slurm is made comes from yeah uh yeah to okay. a point <laughs> okay because like yeah like the the mechanism in that tail thing looked really familiar and i was like slurm yeah um th- they also show that same mechanism in uh alien versus predator Oh, okay, I don't remember that. The conveyor belt with the eggs, where they yeah. shock the queen, and then uh-huh. she plops the eggs out, and it goes on the conveyor belt that oh. up into the slots on the Oh, tables. that's almost exactly then Slurm. Yeah, no, it is, and I'm I'm not, I, I've seen all these movies more than 20 times. Okay. I've, I've seen <laughs> <Got> all these. <laughs> um, so yeah, th- that, to me, I've always assumed that what it was, but I still have a sneaking suspicion that there's something else involved there, too, that it's two sure. references in one. Mm. Um, but that's half of it, yes. 
Okay, uh, real quick, uh, Ryan, what do you have behind you? Because I think we need to show the chat that. Oh, well, I don't have it behind, behind me. I had it behind me. Are they asking about my cats? No, no one's asking about it. <laughs> okay, the cat pillows. So I moved oh. it before, oh, okay. right before we started. But um, this is kind of show you how much of you guys, how much of an alien fan I am. Uh, this is a ceramic xenomorph egg that is a cookie <laughs> jar. It is extremely <laughs> veiny. <laughs> um <laughs> But oh, the it's got a top, top, it's got a face hugger on the top because it's open. And that's the lid. And then to prove that it is a cookie jar. I was really hoping something was going to pop out. like Right. I'm sad you don't keep like one of those pop-out snakes in it. Oh, weird. I about fainted because it was amazing. It's actually one of the knickknack things that we always have on display. And then depending on the time of year, it's sitting as the centerpiece on our dining room table. That's when I saw it as centerpiece <clears throat> on dining room table, which makes me yeah. very happy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's that. And I, I had, I had more alien toys growing up than I did. I think anything else. Did you guys oh, have any? Cool. No, did I didn't you guys have any? Out. Okay, so when this movie came out, they did not make any toys for like you know like mass-produced toys for the first one, like they did the second one. Mm -hmm. They even made aliens that they only had in concept art. Oh, that they sold. That's cool. Um, so they had the mother, you know, the queen alien, where mm -hmm. on the back part of the crown there was a little air pump thing, like you had on your shoes back in the. Mm -hmm you know, not 90s, and you'd pump the little air thing in the back of the head, and the inner mouth would shoot out and then yeah, suck back cool. in. cool. Um, you know, there was that. I had, <clears throat> I had her. I had a few of the normal xenomorph aliens, and mm -hmm. then the one from the... And then I had one from the concept art, which was a bull. And it had uh -huh. a little trigger on its back. It, like... It was a xenomorph, but it had it was on all fours instead of it being able to rear up on two like the other ones. It was on all four, mm -hmm. and you could pull the little thing on its spine, and its head would shoot out like that much. Yeah, and it had horns you could like rotate on it. That's really cool. And when I was on staff at a Boy Scout camp uh, when I was eighteen, um, when the kids would go into the dining hall, they could pick up a little token out of a yeah. basket and then they would put it on the table and then us as staff members would have to go in and find our token and that's where we'd sit for that meal uh -huh. so the so that the kids could choose what staff member they wanted to have you know uh uh their meal with yeah and mine was that alien <laughs> i like so that. i talked aliens with kids during summer uh during boy scout summer camp uh at almost every meal, because they were like, what is this thing? I'm like, you guys never seen aliens? Talk to your parents first before you see it, but, you know. They're like, Ryan, you make sure. Yes, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> technically speaking, you have to be 11 years old to be a Boy Scout, so they were all teenagers, but God still, did. you know, it, it's Boy Scouts. So you never know how strict the parents can be. Right. I, so, you know, the only, that. like, the only, I never had a toy of aliens. The only, like, childhood, like, memory or analog I have for this was, this was a game my dad used to play with us, and I'm not sure, like, how this got started, but he would just go, ah, it's the face hugger from Alien, and then he'd grab us by the face. <laughs> and he would just do that. How would that, okay, so that's what the game was? He would just was, walk by you and go, face hugger, and just grab your face? No, it was always, ah, the face hugger from Alien, and then grab our face. That's like a weird version of the claw from Liar Liar. It <laughs> is. Kind of, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what that was. I, I'm going to try that with my niece this week. You need to. So, and actually, speaking of toys, um, Alan got me, and this is one I never had as a kid, and I always mm -hmm. wanted it, and Alan got it for me. It's the power suit that Ripley oh, was Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I mean, but the toy has a little rocket launcher on it, so, like, you pull up the back and you could shoot a little missile that was on, like, a spring mm. on it. I mean, the toys always did stupid stuff like that, where oh, they yeah. always put a missile on something that didn't have a missile. Be like, oh, look, a notebook with a missile. <laughs> All right, so this is actually a plot point that I wanted to bring up, because I, I kept wondering if I missed something. Okay. Did she... Shh. All right. Ripley's with Mother Alien, right? Yeah. Mama Alien is, I mean, other aliens are coming around her. Ripley, like, spends time she doesn't really have, like, torching eggs in a facility that's going to blow up. And then she leaves. If she didn't do that and didn't torch the eggs and just let Mama Alien think she was just leaving, Mama Alien wouldn't have gross detached herself and chased her, right? Like, the whole no. end part is Ripley's fault, isn't it? Or did I miss it? Okay. So I'm going to bring up an analogy using Independence Day. Good. Good. Okay. Okay. Why turn one dangerous falling object into many? If she doesn't destroy those eggs, she's not just she's not just going to have the mama alien after her because mama alien wasn't attacking because she was holding a flamethrower to the eggs. Mm-hmm. That's why she wasn't attacking. The reason why Ripley did it anyway was because, same reason why I would do it, I'd rather be wanting to run away from one charging bull as opposed to one charging bull and a bunch of hyenas being the yeah, face right. Fair. Very the fair. Mu- the Mufasa method. The Mufasa method. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you brought will. up two movies here to do this. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's a, that's a good point. Because the whole time I'm like, they're going to yeah. blow up in like eight minutes anyway. Like, just go. Yeah. That's how I always took that scene was that one, she was using the, the, the threat of burning the eggs mm-hmm. um, to get out of the room so that the queen would let them get to the door. And then she eventually did it anyway, because she didn't want to have to just outrun the leftover xenomorphs and the queen. She didn't want to have to contend with outrunning face huggers too. Sure. Yeah, because, that makes sense. because if you remember, Alien versus Predators, which you've only seen once, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, only once. And Alan, you've you've only seen it once too. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Okay, they do that in that movie where they have the face huggers on free roam because 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 more eggs pop up in that sacrificial room than there oh. are people. So so uh, so there are face huggers that are like free roaming the temple, mm-hmm. and those suckers are fast. Ew! Like Gross. I'm talking like. You know how fast spiders can move and yeah. like those like those like really quick lightning ones with the legs that you like to find on apartment walls? Ew, yeah. <laughs> um, Ew. Um, um like double the size to a face hugger and then double the speed. And that's how fast these things can move. Don't like. Don't like it all. No thanks. So the you know, like eh. Yep, no, no, no. <laughs> no, don't wanna picture that. Nope, sorry. It's like Gross. it's like uh what's what's the hand in Adam's family? It. it no 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 cousin it no cousin no. thing cousin thing, it's, thing. Co- thing. It, okay yeah cousin it's the one with the hair That's yeah right. the... all right we're okay. getting to the point we need to wrap this up anything else we want to talk about with uh i'm i'm at the point Devin. do you have any other questions about things you had about the film little quirks you wanted to try to get straightened out last one and i i don't know i want to know if this was a product of the extended director's cut the director's cut that i watched Okay. When Mama Alien was gross detaching herself from, like, I don't know, slurm tube, was that <laughs> shortened in the theatrical cut? And I just got, like, the extra long take of that. Because, like, uh, no. They, they really milk that scene. They're like, that, th- well, that is meant to be disgusting. Okay. Yeah, yeah it was. It, it's such a big reveal of the queen. Like, yeah. It, it's yeah. meant to be dramatic. Like, you. you just, follow that tube up and then you see this giant xenomorph just hovering Which, like, above her cool yeah. model i really like that model too mm-hmm. yeah and that's uh that the only thing they do with the queen in the extended cut is the scene with bishop mm-hmm. where they are discussing about the like genetics of, yeah. of of the aliens bishop makes the comment of uh like them being like a hive creature and then bill paxton's like you mean like ants and then somebody's making fun of him for like saying ants and then they're using like the bees 
uh, almost oh. like a bee and, um, and, and, and analogies. So mm-hmm. when the director's cut, they build up to a queen. In the Got theatrical it. version, they don't mention the queen. It's like queen shows it. up. Yeah. Got it. I was happy Milk Robots made a return, though. <laughs> I just love Milk Robots every time. As far as I'm concerned, this is the same universe as uh, Blade Runner. I think it's supposed to be. It is. Yeah. No, I, 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 some I people still ever, dispute it. They've never come out and said it, but... Yeah. They, but I think Waylon Yatani's in, like, in the Blade Runner series. Yeah. I mean, some... There are still some hardcore fans you'll find in forums that mm-hmm. dispute that claim. Because I don't know for... Which is whatever, but... Um, I still believe that they are, and I love the fact that they got the actor to play Bishop. I mean, Bishop is a character that I could have gone on for hours about, but I don't want to, um, simply because we don't have that much time. But I mean, we're, we're going to have to chat about Bishop a bit later, then. They did a perfect casting mm-hmm. for Bishop, um, and they couldn't have done a better job doing a yin and yang between Ash and Bishop between alien and aliens and that's one of the reasons why i like it so much but you know yeah i i can agree with that because i don't know i i yeah i'm with you i thought he was a good character i thought he was well cast like yeah yeah i I had to bring him up in some capacity that's all i got okay and i'm good here so all right that's about all I've got, too. So um, <laughs> next week, it is my ch- turn to pick the film, and we'll be back on Tuesdays. Not this coming Tuesday, but the first Tuesday in August. I can't believe it's August already, guys. It's ridiculous. Or it's Don't going do to be. To um, so on August 3rd, we'll get together and talk about the, um, what year was it? 2015, I think. Yeah, the 2015 film that stars... Um, let me look up the cast here. Captain Marvel, the Ancient One, and Jimmy Woo. What is this? This film is 2015's Trainwreck, directed by Judd Apatow and starring Amy Schumer and Bill Hader. And the Suicide Squad's John Cena. Oh, that's um, fun. So this was like John Cena's first comedic role. So I really want to, like, this is what made me be like, this guy needs to be in something big, like a <laughs> Suicide Squad. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, and I think I'm going to have you guys watch the unrated version if you can find it. Okay. Um, I've I've seen the rated version, so I'm kind of prepared to see what the, <laughs> the unrated version's going to be. Like, um, <laughs> so yeah, you can tune in for that. Devin, you're going to be streaming this week some games and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're doing, again, Monday, Friday. We are continuing on the quest for Rick. The quest for Rick, in case you were wondering, will end by the time I do my next pick. So it, not, not yeah, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday's it. Yeah, because then I'm going to do another game leading up to my next pick. Okay. So this is it. This is this is the last week I have to get him. Well, you can always do an extra stream on Tuesday. I might. We'll see. But yeah, I have one week to get him, guys. This is coming down to the wire because I still am still pretty far. <laughs> I mean, if you don't get him. Can you buy the skin? No. No. God, I mean, sucks. you can. You can buy I... levels to get to the skin, yeah. but I won't. I won't. I'm doing it the right way, Ryan. Yeah. I'm putting in the work. There's no there's no such thing in gaming as the right way. You do it for the way that you want to have fun. I'm putting in the work because I need to. Well, make sure Video you... games are about having fun. If you want <laughs> if you want the skin, buy the levels so then for the rest of your life you can play as that character if that's what will make you happy. I appreciate um, you letting me take the easy way, but I'm not letting you do it. It's not the easy way. It's just having fun. So, <laughs> if you missed it, it's not live on our Twitch channel anymore, and we never streamed it to Facebook. If you go to our YouTube channel, which I just put in the description here, or in the chat, you can listen to Devin and I's review for Space Jam, A New Legacy. Um, and it will also be on our podcast feed here after we get offline. I need to upload it yet. But you can go to our YouTube channel and check out our review for that. Ryan uh, missed out on the glory that is Space Jam 2. <laughs> oh, boy. LeBron um, James. Yeah. LeBron James. Um, 
<laughs> Good. But you can check that out. It's a YouTube. Uh, it's on our YouTube channel exclusively right now. It will be on our podcast feed. So make sure to find us on all major podcasting platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music. We're everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh, while you're over on our YouTube channel, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok. We need to start doing more TikToks. Oh, yeah. I do have a fun one that I need to edit together that Devin and I did the other night during our Fortnite stream. Good. Um, but yeah, other than that, join us next Tuesday for Trainwreck. Um, for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And get away from her, you bitch we'll see you next time that scene oh my god (laughs) it was so good i guess you didn't like the cornbread either (laughs) good